This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And on today's show, we will be previewing the first NFC South battle between the Panthers and the Falcons. Yeah, first time. We'll be talking a little Pro Bowl voting. The voting just opened up yesterday, I believe. Yes. I'll do some power rankings and a couple other fun little things, but uh, let's get started talking about the Pro Bowl. Okay, sounds um, good. Vote for your Panthers, obviously. Yeah, I already have a couple times. I think um, we got one definite Pro Bowl starter. Yes. You know, possible league MVP. Yeah. And, of course, I'm talking about Trey Turner. Wow. You are blowing my mind. Quit getting in my ha- <laughs> I'm just head. Kidding. And- <laughs> I'm just kidding. I meant Daryl Williams. <laughs> Uh, no, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, yes. is going to be, uh, should be a unanimous decision. Yes. I mean, I guess the only other NFC challenger at running back would be Dalvin Cook, who also is having a very good year. Yes, he's two yards ahead of uh, Christian McCaffrey in rushing right now, but he hasn't had his bye. Right, he's had a I whole I thought it was last game. week, but it's not. No. So, um, is it this week or next week? It's week 12. Okay, so, wow, that's a late bye. Yeah, lucky them. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, that doesn't seem to be bothering them. Um, so, yeah, Christian McCaffrey should easily make it. Uh, I think we could probably pencil in Luke Keekley. Yeah, I do too. I, he's a perennial pro bowler. He's a very big, popular name. Mm-hmm. And having he's a having of, a great year too. It's not... He's having a... He's having a very good year. Mm-hmm. I think by Luke Keekley standards, maybe not up to his yeah. standards, but I think it's certainly a Pro Bowl-worthy year, for yeah. sure. He currently is six in total tackles mm-hmm. with 82. Uh, he has two interceptions and three tackles for loss, including a safety. So I think he's on pace to get that Pro Bowl nod. Yeah, I think the scheme change has kind of skewed his stats a little bit. but um, And yeah. it's kind of messed up a lot of things, honestly. Yeah. But... Uh, who uh, let's talk about maybe those guys I think are locks. Um, do you have any surprise Pro Bowl or maybe first time Pro Bowlers? I have two possibles. Okay. Whether they actually make it, I'm not sure. But two guys that definitely are in contention, and everyone, every Panther fan should go out to NFL.com and vote for them. I'm going to put the first one as James Bradbury. Um, I don't have his current. Uh, passer rating, but la- before last week, he was only allowing a passer rating of 46.2 when passed his way. Uh, he's t- tied for third in the league with three interceptions. That's shocking. It's only three. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Fourth. Someone has okay. one or more. That's fine. But, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, he's he's been shutting guys down. Uh, lately, he hasn't been as good as he was at the very beginning of the season, and obviously, he still has seven games left that you know he could go swing one way or another. But he should be on the radar for guys. He's been a little banged up mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. I think he missed, he missed last week, obviously. So, um, but no, you know, I was thinking about him 
earlier today, and I and I was kind of thinking, I don't think he makes it. But the more I've thought about it, and especially hearing those stats, uh, I think he should make it. Yeah. Now, we should say that the Pro Bowl voting is made up of three different voting bases. So mm-hmm. a third of the votes come from the fans, which is what we all need to go do. Yep. A third of the vote come from the coaches, and a third of the vote come from the players. Yep. So I think the fan vote probably will not go Bradbury's way just because he's not a big name. No. Um, obviously, Panther fans will vote for him, but um, I don't but, know that he'll get a lot of like West Coast voters or things like that where people just don't know who he is. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of Jalen Ramsey mm-hmm. votes, uh, you know, Akeem Tlaib, people just that have that name recognition. Patrick Again, Peterson. Patrick Peterson. Even though, like I said, Luke Keekley, he's got that name recognition, and he's going to get votes because of it. So here are the cornerbacks for the NFC that started last year in the Pro Bowl. Kyle Fuller, mm-hmm. Chicago. Patrick Peterson from the Cardinals. Darius Slay from the Lions. And Byron Jones from the Cowboys. Uh, I think Bradbury could fit right in that group. I agree. If not better than a couple of those guys. Um, so, no, I, I, I think I agree with you. I think, I think Bradbury is going to make it. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to make it, but I definitely think he has the ability to, and if he continues to play well, I think he should. Uh, again, luckily coaches and players have a vote right. because they have a little bit more recognition of other teams, especially coaches, while they play against them. Yeah. And my other one, or do you want to mention the other person that we are thinking of? So I think that Shaq Thompson mm-hmm. has a very good chance at it. Um, he, uh, Thomas Davis made it at one year, I believe. I don't know if he's made it two years, but he made it one year uh, alongside Luke Keekley, if not two. I, I wish I would have looked up that, but he's not a Panther anymore, so I don't care. Um, <laughs> but I think that there's room for uh, Shaq Thompson to make it. Last year, the, the um, linebackers, outside linebackers, Khalil Mack, Ryan Kerrigan, Anthony Barr, Oliver Vernon. Um, and one of those was an injury sub. But Shaq's having a very good year, and I think he very well may make it. See, I think he definitely should be in the consideration. I think the problem is with outside linebacker, he's going to get pushed down the line just because you're going to have those big sack ma- master outside linebackers that run the 3-4 more than we do. While he's more of a run stuffer and, you know, the zone linebacker. He doesn't actually, you know, rush the passer all that often. But he's got a lot of tackles. Oh, yeah. He does he's, have a lot of tackles. He's second on the team in tackles, right? He's, he's second on the team with tackles with 73, and that puts him 16 in the NFL in total tackles. Okay. So not that would great. Have, would have liked that to be a little higher. And he only has three sacks. And I say only, that's really good, especially considering we don't use him right. on pass rushing. Right. He's getting a lot of, during Panthers games at least, and even the national game last week, he got a lot of praise from the commentators which gets his name out there a little bit. I think coaches really like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's earning a lot of money for himself this oh, year. Most definitely. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me if he makes it. Uh, again, th- these are kind of dark horses, I think. These are, guy- these are guys that may make it, but may not. These are the guys that, you know, as Panther fans, we need to go vote for. I mean, we need to vote for all four of them. Uh, 
But in realistic terms, it really depends on the coaches and the players, what they see. And the problem with players is even on the top 100 that NFL comes out with, sometimes they say, well, I only view the guys that I, I play against. I don't see, you know, the NFC. I don't watch them because I'm on an AFC team. I watch my division and the teams I play against. Right. So last year, um, the Panthers had three pro bowlers. Keekley, Trey Turner, and K1 short. Obviously, K1's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Don't think Trey Turner will make it. He's missed too many games, and he just hasn't been great. No. Um, so, I mean, it's quite possible this year that we only have two Pro Bowlers. And honestly, if we're an 8-8 eight and eight team, 9-7 and seven team, that's kind of okay, I guess. Yeah, it's not being snubbed if you don't have everybody making the Pro Bowl if you're not that great of a team. And plus, we're not the Cowboys. I mean, we don't have the national appeal. Yeah. You know, that uh, they had eight pro bowlers last year, most of any teams. Yeah, and again, you said the cornerback there, he's good. He's not great, though, right. the Byron Maxwell. Yeah. So, again, they have that allegiance from that fan base that I don't understand, but they have it. Do you think there's anybody else on the team that has played? I think Dante Jackson has an, a very, very outside shot. Um, I know he's missed a lot of games, or at least two or three games this year. But he is a highlight reel mm-hmm. at that position. And a lot of times those guys will get the nod over someone more stable like Bradbury. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he's got four interceptions now uh dante jackson i believe Mm -hmm. so that should be probably one or two in the league i would assume um there is one other person i'm thinking of and it's not a glamour spot is it jj jansen (laughs) no that's (laughs) hilarious but no um it's actually very similar to him michael pilardi pilardi i thought about pilardi but he never gets it yeah well even though i think he's a very good punter he he never gets the call yeah, and I was trying to look up comparative stats, and it's really hard for it's punters. Hard to find punter stats. Yeah, and that's why I was so quiet over here. I just really couldn't find it. But outside the terms, he's been pinning them deep really well. He's he's been very consistent. Uh, we haven't had many runbacks on us. Uh, that was my suggestion of a good punter. I mean, he's pinning them deep most times. I agree. I, I was thinking Pilardi. I was thinking Pilardi. Um, I think Sly had he kept his, um, kept his momentum from an earlier part of the season. He would have been probably a shoe in. Now I don't think so. Um, I, I I mentioned JJ Jansen earlier, kind of tongue in cheek, but uh, he's he's a pro, he's been a Pro Bowler. He made the Pro Bowl one year as long, our long snapper. Um, and he's just a solid guy at that position. I could easily see him making it again. And don't discredit long snappers. Yeah. It's one of those things with like kicker that you don't pay attention to until you don't have it. And when you don't have it, you're sitting there, how do you not have a long snapper? Yep. There's a reason why he's been in the league and he's getting paid very well just to snap, you know, field goals and punts. JJ Jansen was an all pro in 2014. There you go. But did not make the Pro Bowl that year. Yeah, see, it's, <laughs> in those positions, it's also very hard to see how they're actually going to go. Yeah. Um, all right. Anybody else that we think could potentially make it? Anybody on the defensive line? Gerald McCoy 
have an outside shot. I mean, he's a name. He's played pretty well this year. I, I would. Think he, s- I think he's actually second on the team in PFF grades. He. I think he would need to get a few more sacks in the second half of the season. Yeah. I think he would have to help stop the run a little bit more. But name recognition wise, I could see it. Yeah, he he would. You know, why do they do the Pro Bowl voting so early? I don't know. I mean, I get it in the NBA. You do it, you know, a month or so before the the uh, All Star game, but it's in the middle of the season. The Pro Bowl is at the very end of the season. Why not start doing the Pro Bowl voting like week thirteen? That I, that makes sense to me. Week thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, and it, you still get those last few weeks to actually yeah. vote instead of. I mean, then you have three quarters of the season worth of data to go out and go off of. And these guys that miss two or three games early in the season have a chance to make it up. I just think, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to the NFL on that one. You should, you should (laughs) definitely reach out because I'm sure they're going to be taking your call. Yeah. Adam Carolla is, you know, hard on the, uh, raise the goalpost, but my, I'm going to, my stance is pro bowl voting needs to start (laughs) later. (laughs) <laughs> Pro Bowl bowling. Well, Gerald McCoy only has three sacks so far, and I think he's definitely going to need to get that up to be considered. Yeah, uh, it's not like he's destroying in the run stopping either. No, not so. at all. And he only has five tackles for losses. So, not a Pro Bowl. No um, resume there. All right. Well, I think that wraps up. Pro Bowl talk. Mm-hmm. Let's go into power rankings. We don't do this every week, but we're going to check in. It's been a couple of weeks since we checked in on power rankings. Um, last week, the Panthers were ranked 15th, mm-hmm. the same as the week before. Mm-hmm. We lost mm-hmm. to Green Bay. This is two of three weeks that we have lost now. Where do you think the Panthers fall in the NFL.com power rankings? By Dan Hansis. And again, I don't look at these. Uh, originally, we were supposed to rotate with not paying attention, mm-hmm. but Steven is like a... Can't help it. Like a kid with a cookie jar. Man. A he's just He just has his hand in that cookie jar every week, so I just... Every time Jerry to... every time Jerry walks over to my desk at work, I, I got the power rankings open. He's like, damn it, are you looking at the power rankings? <laughs> like, oh, I forgot, sorry. <laughs> so, okay, back to the, our current power rankings. We were 15th last week. Mm-hmm. I am actually, this is going to be weird. I think we go up. We okay. go up 114th. I think they predicted Green Bay would slap us around, and I think that a lot of te- people thought we did a lot better than they were expecting. So I think we move up 1 to 14th. You would be incorrect. Okay. Uh, we remain at 15th oh, for the third week in a row. Dan has us, has us exactly average. Yeah. Um, he mentions that even though Kyle Allen threw a costly red zone interception mm-hmm. and had a fumble, which highlights his very ongoing issue with fumbles, he had a very good game yeah. against Green Bay overall. Hostile environment, free- freezing temperatures, and a steady snow, he kept the Panthers moving all afternoon, which is true. Yeah. Um, so we did not drop with the loss. We remain at 15. Our opponent this week, the Atlanta Falcons. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's let's not go there yet. Let's hold off to the last till. Well, I guess you could go ahead. I don't care. Let's go ahead. Our opponent this week, the Atlanta Falcons. Where do you think they fall? Well, they're probably around 27, 28 before, but they 
beat New Orleans, so I'm going to move them up to about 20th. 20th, wow. That is not, that is, you are way off. They're 25th. Wow. They were 28th. Oh, okay. So they didn't move up three spots. Um, but yeah, they did not move all the way up to 20th. So that's one of those games, and we'll talk about it when we get to the game preview, but um, that kind of felt like one of those weird games. Again, we'll talk about it when we get the game preview. Um, who do you think that the largest riser, we'll start positive, largest riser in this week's power rankings was? Man, I blacked out from last weekend's game after the loss. I don't remember who lost and won. <laughs> I, I'm going to go on the ledge and say, actually, Baltimore's number one. Mm. Did they move up? Baltimore did move up two spots Okay. to number two. Uh, do we have a new number one? No. The 49ers are still number one. The 49ers are still number one after losing to Seattle? San Francisco 49ers are still number one. Yes. They lost at home to Seattle. I am telling you that the San Francisco 49ers... I'm just not understanding Dan Hans. Still number one. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a close game and everything. I'll tell you who the team that moved up the most was. Who? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. They've won four in a row. That defense is um, five in a row now. Keeping them in games. Yeah, so they are all the way up to twelve. They have leapfrogged us. Largest fall this week. I will also say the Titans moved up four spots hmm. with a win against uh, Kansas City. Uh, speaking of Kansas City, probably fall. You think they are the largest fallers? Yeah. Kansas City dropped only two spots. Really? They were eighth. They are now tenth. Um, and a couple of teams fall three spots. And is the Chargers one of them? The Chargers are not one of them. Okay. The Chargers did not fall at all. They remained at 18. Hmm. But we had one team fall five spots. Okay, who was that? The Detroit Lions. Hmm. Which is a little surprising considering they played without their starting quarterback. Yeah. And yes. Jeff Driscoll had them to, yeah. ready to win that game. I was kind of surprised, but... A little interesting. I guess maybe he's thinking that Stafford's going to miss several games. Um, and they're just not going to be a very good team. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, let me do the top ten real quick. Sure. Um, see if there's any surprises here for you. Obviously, San Francisco at number one is a surprise to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ravens at two. Patriots at three. Seahawks up to four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Packers remain at five. Mm. The Saints drop four spots to sixth. Well, you lose to one of the bottom of mm-hmm. the league, you're gonna. Yep. Uh, Vikings up seven, uh, up three spots to seven. Uh, Cowboys down a spot, only one spot, to eighth. Uh, Texans remain at ninth, and the Chiefs round out the top ten. Yeah, I mean, I'm not arguing too much. I, besides that, I 49ers. feel like the Chiefs should be higher. I don't. And the Cowboys, who are 5-4. and four. Well, above the Cowboys, yes. But the Cowboys always get that biased love. So Why are the Cowboys 8? They're 5-4. and four. Because they're the Cowboys. Everybody loves them. They're there America's are, team. There are. Some reason. 1, 2, 3, 4, They five, have a good roster. 6. They have a good roster, and people seven, just eight, fall in love with the nine. star, man. There are 9 teams 
And a lot of that media, are at least five and four or higher below them. In the we power know ratings. it. We know every year people fall in love with the Cowboys no matter what. They win one game, they're going to shoot up the rankings. That's just how they work. That is. Yeah, you're sickening. right, though. Kansas City should be higher than them, even though they're struggling right now. As much as a video game type of offense they have can struggle. Where do you think the Bills are? Six and three. Yeah, I would put them above Dallas. Um, I'm assuming he has them around 13. 16th. Below us, actually. <sighs> I, I don't... Power rankings, you know, this is why we don't do them every week. Because <laughs> they don't mean anything, and they're a little frustrating. Yep. Yeah, so, alright. Let's move on. Yeah. I don't care about power rankings anymore. <laughs> I don't care about real wins or losses. But let's go to some Carolina Panther transactions that have happened this oh, week. Oh, yeah. New players so and some old players. The Panthers have claimed running back Mike Davis off waivers after he was cut by the Chicago Bears. Uh, Mike Davis is a running back who uh, played for San Francisco, Seattle, and this was his first year with Chicago. Uh, two years ago, he had a pretty decent year. Uh Seattle, right? With Seattle, mm. yes. Uh, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry. He rushed 112 times, 514 yards, and scored four touchdowns. I mean, nothing extravagant or anything, but that was a running back by committee last year for them. And I don't I know. I remember him. I remember him from last year, just yeah. from fantasy football-wise, looking at him as a like a fill-in every once in a while. Uh, I believe he was also, and I, I just pulled his stats up here, he also had 34 receptions for 214 yards last year. So he does have that component hmm? uh, catching out of the backfield. What does this say about Bonifan and Scarlett? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. And neither one of them got cut right. for this transaction. And neither of them is playing really at all. I mean, Bonifan's got a little bit of run. Um, do, you, do you think he can return punts? I mean, that's a legitimate ask. I don't know if he has or not. Well, let's uh, let's talk about why that might be a need for us. Um, <laughs> we went ahead and released uh, Dorch, the guy we signed a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then we signed him to our practice squad. Yeah. So today. the so the punt returner we got from New York, the Jets, I believe, off their practice squad. I thought it was a Bills. Uh no, Corn Elder, who we just signed, was off the Bills. Which we haven't gotten to yet. No, he was from the Giants. Oh, that's right. Dorch was from the Jets. Dorch was from the yeah, Jets? Dorch was from the Jets. Okay. Um, so Dorch came in to replace Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod, mm-hmm. who sucked. And Dorch mm-hmm. got basically one game to prove something. Did not, I guess, make an impression. Uh, I did watch Ron Rivera's press conference today, and he basically just said, we've had some injuries at other positions that forced us to let go of Dorch. Hmm. Um, I don't know why we felt we needed to pick up a running back. I don't either. That that does make me curious because you said injuries at other places. That goes into our next signing. Mm-hmm. Carolina signed cornerback Corn Elder off the New York Giants practice squad. Hey, I remember him. Yeah. I remember him getting destroyed by Seattle last year, too. I remember us cutting him because he sucked. Yes. <laughs> you do. We do not want him on the field on the outside. He no. may be able to play slot pretty good, the slot corner position, but when he got positioned outside, he got destroyed 
and I, I don't know. I, I wasn't too happy with this signing, but at the same time, it's in the middle of the season. Where else are you going to go find a, a guy? At least he knows the he, coaching staff and right, pretty much what they're expecting the from defense, him. The defense, I guess, is the only positive about him. Um, we'll talk about some news in a minute where I thought they could have gone. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really have too much to say about Cornelator. Obviously, it's just a depth move. Yeah, uh, we've got some injuries on on that at that position. So, you mean every every guy on our roster in right. the cornerback position? Anybody that started a game for us at <laughs> cornerback is hurt right now. Um, let's go ahead and move on to that one position that uh, with NFL news, mm. the Tampa Bay Bucks released starting cornerback Vernon Hargraves. Now we signed Cornelder before Hargraves got released, but. I would see if he does if he clears waivers. I think actually he has the veteran minimum, so he goes straight to free agency. I I would try to bring him in. Yeah, apparently they cut him because he um, just had some behavioral issues. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem to have a lot of hard work ethic. I actually just looked; he was claimed off of waivers oh. by Houston, by the Texans. So. Um, but yeah, he's a young guy. He was drafted 11th overall in 2016. Wow, really? Yeah. I thought he's been in the league for like six, seven years. No, he's still on his rookie contract. Oh yeah, then I would have claimed him. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know what pick um, Houston had in their, you know, what yeah. position they were in the claiming. I don't even know what they call it, the waiver wire, I guess. Yeah. But um yeah, that's a good pickup for Houston, I guess. I guess if the guy can turn it around, I mean, sometimes a change of scenery does yeah. that for players. It, so I would definitely would have taken a flyer on him, possibly the Panthers. I always remember Brett Favre. Brett Favre was the greatest guy who needed a change of scenery from Brett Atlanta. Favor. Yeah, from the Falcons to Green Bay. And he yeah. admits it. He goes, I was an alcoholic on pills and... Then I, when I got cut after my first year or got traded, it kind of shocked me like, oh, crap, this won't last forever if I don't, you know, start really working hard at this. Yeah, I'm, uh, I guess uh, you cut that guy, you get a compensatory draft pick. A lot of these guys that are getting cut right now are because of compensatory draft picks. You have to cut them, I think, by this week uh, or next week to get them, to get a draft pick, so... Maybe we'll cut Daryl Williams. Yeah. I, I mean, we could maybe get a third or a fourth round compensatory pick for him. I don't know. Um, but uh, and with all the injuries to our O-line, we are yeah, going to need him out right him. guard and right tackle. I mean. Yeah, and just keep him. But, uh, yeah, so uh, so Hargraves is gone, I guess. But that is news. I mean, that guy is a decent cornerback and you know, recent first-round draft pick. So. Yeah. Uh, moving on. The NFL invited all 32 teams to a private workout for Colin Kaepernick on Saturday in Atlanta. Interesting. Yes. Did you see Eric Reed's response? Yes. He thinks it's a PR stunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know when the NFL told Kaepernick about this private workout? That was very recently, right? It was Tuesday. Tuesday. So they told him yes or Tuesday that, hey, we're holding a private workout for you on Saturday. No time to, like, prep or, like, work, get some receivers in together to get... I noticed that he said his representatives were informed by the league of this workout. Is he not allowed to 
have his own workouts or I, hasn't I, hasn't he why does the league have to do this it feels definitely i agree with eric reed it feels 100 percent like a pr and it almost feels like they're trying to blindside him to catch him off guard right eric reed said that um cap was not allowed to reschedule basically this was the day and this is where it's going to be in atlanta actually yeah it's just so weird i I agree with Eric Reed too. I think this is. I really feel like they're trying to do this, catch him off guard, have him put bad tape on film, mm-hmm. so they can say, "See, this is why. This is why we're not signing him." I, I don't think they're going to get their wish. I think a guy who probably has been staying in shape mm-hmm. and can throw a football is probably going to go out there with no defenders on him and look pretty good throwing the football. Yeah, I hope he gets to use his own receivers. Like I, I'm assuming. I'm sure he will. I'm sure. I'm assuming he's working out with a, a guy with a quarterback guru, and mm-hmm. you know, his he'll have some. He'll probably have some college receivers out there with him. Yeah, uh, maybe a couple of guys that don't buy this week might go out there. But uh, yeah, I saw Eric Reed asked Tepper if the Panthers were going to consider mm-hmm. signing Kaepernick. Tepper said that they were not currently looking to sign a quarterback but if they come to that position that Kaepernick would definitely be someone that they would take a look at and Eric Reed said okay I'm going to hold you to that um that to me didn't sound like they were very serious about looking at Kaepernick and, and I don't think they should be no um, and, and again I said this a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago now that Cam went out that I think getting Kaepernick is a right now in the middle of a season or after the season start is a disservice to him. And I don't think that that's the intent of this workout. I think this in, the, the intent of this workout should be for teams to take a look at him, see where he is, mm-hmm. and then maybe sign him in the off season. Oh, I would I hope so. I don't think anybody's going to sign him for the rest of this season. That doesn't I, seem I hope realistic not. to me. And for the Panthers, I think that's not a horrible idea bringing him in. I know there's going to be a lot of press about it, unfortunately. That's the thing that you have to figure out. Like, Regardless of how you feel about his stance and his political leanings and all that stuff, you have to decide, is bringing in Colin Kaepernick worth the circus? Because whether he wants it or not, a circus comes with him. It's, just, it's very reminiscent of Tim Tebow. Yeah. Right? Tim Tebow, everywhere he went, came the circus. Yep. For a different reason, obviously. But it was still a circus. It was a distraction. And that's the same thing with Kaepernick. If you think that he is going to be the Kaepernick that threw for 16 touchdowns and four interceptions, even though those numbers were inflated a bit by garbage time, you know, those are good numbers. And if you think he's that guy, uh, then he bring him in. He led a team to the Super Bowl. And he, he looked good in those playoffs. He was burning teams. He did. I mean, Kerry, Kerry you know. A lot of okay quarterbacks lead their teams to Super Bowls. Well, and there was one game I can't remember exactly when uh, it was. I watched it during a party. So, well, Colin Kaepernick has skills. I yeah, mean, you know he's he's Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. You know, he's kind of the the guy that Lamar Jackson could have been. Lamar Jackson, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Now, hypothetically, yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Because of all the rumors, I am not advocating for this. I do not want us to trade Cam. Hypothetically, what happens if we trade Cam? Mm-hmm. We're not able to get a quarterback early in the draft. We're sitting there with Kyle Allen, Will Greer, 
would you want to bring in someone like Colin Kaepernick again during the preseason or in training camp to get him acclimated to the system as maybe a safety valve or another someone to compete for that starting job with Will Greer and Kyle Allen? And again, this is all hypothetically. I hope Cam stays here. I would say no. Okay. Um, but I've not really been a Kaepernick fan. Mm. Um, even before all of this political stuff, I just never really liked him as a player. Um, I know he put up good stats, but I, I just never liked him. And I don't think I'd want him on the team. What about you? Uh, before this offseason... I would have wanted him coming in to mm. compete for that backup job. If it's only Kyle Allen and Will Greer on our team and Colin Kaepernick, I would be nervous and I wouldn't be happy. But I think it's better than Colin, Colin, Colin Ka- or Kyle Allen, Will Greer, and another low, low draft pick or something like that, or Tyler Heineke coming well, back. I mean... If we don't make the playoffs, we're going to be picking somewhere between, what, 13 and 18, mm-hmm. right? So it wouldn't be a low, low draft pick. I mean, you know, guys get drafted in the middle of the first round all the time and have good You're have right. Careers. They do have good careers. But at the same time, the top two quarterbacks will be gone. I'm assuming probably maybe three. So mm-hmm. you're looking at the fourth quarterback in the draft that early that's maybe maybe so, so maybe a lot of those guys don't aren't ready to start or maybe you make a trade i, I mean you could the, i mean again, other teams have traded up for quarterbacks and again this is all hypothetical so if we got a first round for cam then yeah i guess you could try to swing it swing it swing it yeah i mean i would think if you're going to trade cam that should be your goal yeah i agree trade cam for a first round pick and a second round pick or two seconds or whatever you know, whatever the case may be, and then you use that capital to try to move up and get Burrow or Tua or whoever. Um, I actually I read an article today on NFL.com about teams that don't currently have their 2020 starting quarterback on the team. The Panthers were the number one team listed. And the guy who wrote the article, I think it was David Carr, said that the Panthers should go after Joe Burrow is that that would be the perfect guy to have on the team. And I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, like 28 other teams <laughs> would love to have Joe Burrow on the team. Of course that would be the perfect guy. Yeah, I, I haven't watched Joe Burrow until last week, and yeah, he looks Looked great. He like looks He's awesome. playing himself way out of like the 14th draft spot. Uh, agreed. Yeah. All right, um, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with our game preview. All right, sounds good. Want to know what life is really like after the game is all over? Real athletes are here to share their true stories of adversity and triumph every week on After Orange Slices. Even if you don't like sports, pro athletes, former college stars, celebrities, coaches, public speakers, doctors, and all kinds of experts join the show, and there's a little bit of something for everybody. Join me, Bridget, for a slice of inspiration, plus your everyday sports news sprinkled in. New episodes every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, Steven, you think the Panthers are going to cover the spread this week? You know I'm always going to put money on the Panthers, Jerry. Well, since you're the type of fan that knows football so well and you could choose any game and call it, well, maybe my bookie is the place for you. 
because it will let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. You know, I like to do parlays. So that means, you know, if I like the Panthers and then I see another couple of games that I think are just definite wins, mm -hmm. like the Saints against the Falcons, that's an easy win. So I like to put my money on the Panthers and then maybe choose the Saints money line, something like that, and you increase your winnings that way. So I'm a big parlay guy myself. Um, but right now, Jerry, if you join my bookie, they'll match your deposit halfway. So that means if you deposit $2,000, they're going to match it to $1,000. That's just That's free money. It's free money to play with. Yeah. Just use promo code LATEFEES to activate that offer. Once again, that promo code is LATEFEES, L-A-T-E-F-E-E-S, to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And we are back. Alright, time to get into Falcons at Panthers. Panthers open up as a 5.5 point favorite in this game. Uh, let's talk about the injury report before we get into the specifics here. I'll go over the Falcons first. The following players did not practice as of Wednesday. Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, Kamal Ishmael, Wes Schweitzer, and Austin Hooper. Hmm. So those, uh, Hooper's few. a big one. Hooper and Freeman. Um, I expect probably Matt Ryan and Freeman to play. But... Um, yeah, those are names. Um, <laughs> those, those are, are names. Big. Austin Hooper leads their team in receptions. Oh, Austin Hooper's a big one, for yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> they had the following players as a limited practice. Desmond Trufant, Sherrod Niesman, John Kaminsky, uh, Luke Stocker, Ryan Allen. Ryan Allen's their punter. Hmm. Um, so, again, Trufant's a big name. Um I don't know about any of the other ones, really. Luke Stocker's on their tight end, so not uh, not great if both their tight ends are out. And then uh, DeMonte Kazee is a full practice participant. Um, so moving on to the Panthers, the following players did not practice today. Ross Cockrell, that's a new one. Dennis Daly, Dante Jackson, Kyle Love, Christian McCaffrey. Just rest. Calm down. Gerald McCoy and James Bradbury is listed as did not practice, but I think he was a little more active than that. Yeah. Um, um, sounds like he's going to play. Per the beat writers, he he really practiced all the way through and said he felt great afterwards, so that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, and then McCaffrey, obviously, is, is rest. Uh, McCoy, I would expect to play. And, I mean, I hope... Dante and Cockrell can play, but yeah, Cockrell went out last week, and it's really scary. I think that's why we signed Corn Elder, just because there was so much injury that we needed somebody. If you know they're out, we need somebody out there to play. Yeah, um, Greg Little was listed as a limited participant in practice, which is an upgrade. Yeah, um, so that'd be great if he could play, especially if Dennis Daly can't. Yeah, uh, and then Brian Burns listed again as a full participant, but he remains on the injured list now i actually reached out to uh jordan rodriguez jordan rodriguez yeah i believe yeah. that's how you say her yeah. name um 
writer for the Athletic and Panthers writer for the Athletic, and asked her about Brian Burns because I mean, what happened to this guy? He was going gangbusters for the first six weeks. Yeah. Then he we have the bye. He has surgery on his wrist, um, but he's cast. He's got a cast on. He's all clubbed up, and I, we've seen other players play with a club. He only played eleven snaps last week. He's yeah. He, his snap count seems to be going down every week. And I asked her. I said, "You know, what's the deal with this guy? Is he? Is it? Is it 100 percent the injury, or what is something else going on?" Yeah. She says, "Yes." She says, um, "Not only is it really tough to do the handwork you need to do effectively, rush the passer with a club or a cast, but they're also trying to avoid re-injury. Um, should be out of the cast in two weeks, maybe less. So that yeah. would be great. Yes, be great if we could get him back because I mean, he was in the rookie of the year conversation." Before the know, injury, for the first or, six weeks, yeah, yeah, or before the surgery. So hopefully he'll at least be out there again. It sounds like they're probably not going to put him out there in any significant way until that cast is off, though. Yeah, pre- pretty severe. Um, you know, I I've, I've been all about him this year, Spider Burns, especially since that first preseason game, two sacks and yeah. a few, you know, a few snaps, and every time he's out there, uh, he's just dynamic he's just beating right. guys yeah. so um i will say that this week the guy uh, out of that injury report that i think we need the most is gonna be james bradbury yeah we got to shut down julio yeah and who and bradbury has done it before yeah. uh, well shut him down or slow him down are two things because you can't stop him you can only hope to contain him <laughs> pretty much julio jones is one of the best elite wide receivers in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. So holding him to zero catches is not going to happen. No. But holding him under 60 yards is possible. And that's what we need to get. That would be a success. Yes. Yeah. No touchdowns. Yep. That would be a success. Um, Playing against the Falcons is going to be, it's, you know, even though they're two and seven, Mm -hmm. um, they beat uh, New Orleans last week. Yeah. Well... The weird thing is they've been horrible on defense mm-hmm. all year long. They had seven sacks going into last week. They had six sacks just last, yeah, last week against New Orleans, against Drew Brees, who is notorious for being able to get the ball out quickly, not take sacks. On, a, on an offense that is just dynamic, they just shut them down. They only gave them up nine points. Yeah, and I know they, the Falcons had a bit of a coaching shakeup the week before mm-hmm. um, on their bye week. So I don't know if that was just one of those things where let's come out and play really hard for the new coach. Um, not head coach, obviously. Dan Quinn's still their head coach. But uh, new defensive coaches. Um, it worked out. I'm hoping that North Turner looked very closely at that game to see what they did and can game plan around it because um, – we could very easily lose this game. It, yes. And this is a divisional so. game. They're always tough. They're always close. doesn't matter what the records are. So, yeah, I'm worried. I am too. I'm I'm a little worried myself. I am looking over the stats of the New Orleans games. Mm-hmm. They ran the ball nine times with their running backs. Only nine. The Falcons? Yeah. No, All New Orleans. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it really is. And... Alvin Kamara was averaging six yards per carry, but he only got four carries. Like, did they purposely just try to get Drew Brees out there to get into a rhythm or something? 
It's a little I, early to be tanking a game like they did against us last year. Yeah. To f- up our draft picks. Um, whoops. It's a, it's a little early to be. It's a little. Early. Damn it. Oh, you can leave it in. You leave stuff in on me all the Damn time. <laughs> anyway, so I don't think that's the case. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe it was just a bad game. I, it could be maybe that. they they pounced on them and New Orleans just got rattled and uh, kind of was like, well, screw this, we're not gonna play our asses off against this two and seven or one and seven team at the time. Yeah, and, and vice versa, the Falcons ran the ball nonstop. They ran 30, 30 times, thirty one times with running backs. That's a lot. Yeah, and they. Are a pretty bad running team. Yeah, they're what twenty seventh, I think, in the uh, league run average. Uh, they're averaging under eighty yards a game r- rushing the ball. So that um, should have been kind of a something to look forward to if you're a Panthers fan, as we're so bad defending against the run. <laughs> I was kind of looking forward to a game where we would stop the run. I still think we we might, but um, yeah, I think. Maybe that's just one of those games where everything comes together for one team and everything goes wrong for the other team, and it'll be all will be right with the world after this week. Well, I hope so because that that game I thought this was game was going to be a, almost a sure thing until last week. We have a very favorable schedule over the next four games. We've got Atlanta twice, and Washington once, and then we have New Orleans, who now looks beatable. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, we. I feel this is a must-win now. I agree. I think this has to be a win uh, because we are a couple games back from the wild card because Dallas Cowboys, the one the a couple times a year I cheer for them, they lose. So <laughs> right. Uh, I yeah, hate the wild the wild card's looking rough now. Um, we are two games back. And behind two teams that look very strong, mm-hmm. uh, I could see the Vikings faltering at some point, but that's a team that's been in the playoffs the last couple of years, and they know how to get there. So two games back in the wild card. In the wild card. And we're also two games back in the division. In the division. So it mean, seems like the division might be the way to get into the playoffs. You're absolutely correct, yeah. because not only that, the wild card, we play... We are lost to the 49ers, so if Seattle mm. ends up winning the next game against 49ers right. and jumps them in the division, that the puts 49ers... essentially three games back. Yeah. yeah. Plus, we play the Seattle Seahawks. So, right. I mean, there's a game we can maybe get a one game up on them. Yeah, it's not impossible to get in as a, as a wildcard team, but I think uh, as strong as the NFC is this year, I could easily see an 11-win team not making the playoffs in the NFC. Yeah, could easily see it happening. Yeah, I I agree. This NFC is a very difficult team. And I don't know that the Panthers are an eleven win team. I mean, we're five and four. I mean, we'd I, have to go six and two the rest of the way to yeah. get to eleven wins. And that's against New Orleans twice. That's Seattle. against Indianapolis, Seattle. Like there's some good teams left. We would I, have to win a minimum of two of those games, mm-hmm. and then go undefeated against the lower tier teams who we should beat. Yeah, I, and that makes me worried, especially against this with our run defense that's giving up 136 yards per game. We we are 29th in the league against the run. I think that this week 
that's going to change. I do not. I think that we're going to hold the Falcons. I think we're going to hold them to under 100 yards, personally. Uh, I'm, I think we're going to go under than that. Oh, really, Jerry? Yes, I do. Do you want to do a beer bite of the week? Refreshing. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's do it. Beer bit of the week. Uh, I say under 100 yards rushing for the Falcons. Under 100 yards? I go over, unfortunately. I know something needs to change. Doesn't mean we'll lose the game. It just no. means that they're going to do like every other team that has done this year. Yeah. And run all over it. And it seems like that's what they want to do per last week. So I watched, again, I watched Rivera's press conference today and he he seems very adamant that this is going to be a stop the run focus on defense so well i hope so i hope so too i also hope that that does not mean that julio jones is just going to have his, the game of his life part two against us you yeah know, he's already had a 300 receiving yard game yeah, against that, us once but nay so. wickery lost his job because of that yeah. one well Let's hope that Corn Elder doesn't lose his job <laughs> because of this one. Well, first of all, if Corn Elder is out there, and if any time Corn Elder is lined up against Julio Jones, I want Luke Keekley to call a timeout. Audible out. <laughs> I don't care if he runs across unevaded to the quarterback just to give them only five yards. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then Luke can go up into the stands and be like, can anyone play cornerback? We need someone else. Oh, man. Um, All right. Do you have any bold predictions for this game? I do. Okay, go ahead. I think last week sparked something. I think Uh we lost. Uh Uh-oh. But I think Kyle Allen will throw for over 400 yards this game. He had his first 300-yard game last week. Yep, he's on a roll! Jeez, you took a page out of the old Steven playbook. <laughs> I absolutely did. All right, I'll, I'll, have, I'll do it one out of the Jerry playbook. I think we're going to have two sacks this game. Oh, come on. I, never, I Six sacks or so. I never say that. Four interceptions, something crazy. It is. Uh, um, all right, my bold prediction for this game has... Something to do with Kyle Allen, mm-hmm. but more specifically, who he's throwing the ball to. Okay. So I've seen some improvement over DJ Moore the last couple of games. Yep. He had a 120-yard game last week, and I think he was just over 100 the week before. I think he continues the trend upwards, and I think he has 175 yards receiving Ooh. and two touchdowns ah. in this game. Uh, you brought up an interesting You said DJ Moore. I, I forgot to bring this up during our review. Do you remember who was drafted right after him? The other Calvin runner? Ridley for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Everybody was jumping on him last year, saying how yeah. great he would. He currently has thirty-six receptions, four hundred and seventy-one yards. Now he had some big games last year. Yes, he did. Uh, but DJ Moore had a better year overall than him last yep. year. So right now, like I said, Calvin Ridley, thirty-six receptions, four hundred and seventy-one. DJ Moore has. 54 receptions, 684 yards. Yeah. So he's doing really good this year. Granted, Calvin Ridley has Julio Jones on the opposite side, taking up a lot of those targets. But, but also say, taking up a lot of the defense's attention. That's what I was going to yeah. say. So I just thought it was interesting, and I forgot to bring that up, that we're to see Calvin Ridley this week. I have this 
vague memory of Calvin Ridley having a big game against us last we year. We did. He did. Okay. Um, I feel like he was playing out of the slot a lot and just mm-hmm. was destroying us over the middle of the field. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um, <laughs> again, Corn Elder, do not see know, the field. Jesus, stay, stay home, Corn. <laughs> um, all right. Predictions. All right. I am going to go Carolina wins 31 to 20. Okay. That's a very comfortable win. Mm-hmm. I think Carolina wins as well. Uh, I think that we're going to shut them down defensively, and I think we win 28-16. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think they get a, a garbage-time touchdown that means nothing. I, I kind of was going with that with yeah. the 20, but you know our soft zones. <sighs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they might get all 16 of those points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I think that's about it. Nope, we got one more thing. Uh-oh. Now... As always, we like to read our five-star review on oh, Apple right. Podcast, and this one is from Sir Mini-Me. Great podcast. Love it. Thank you, Sir <laughs> Mini-Me. Thank you, Sir Mini-Me. That is very well put. <laughs> well put. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap this baby up. All right. As always, we want to thank all of you, our listeners. Without you... We probably still would make this, but it wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> We'd just be making it for ourselves. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we'll read your comment on the show or just email us a comment at meowmixmailbag at gmail.com. All right. We will be back on either late Sunday night or early Monday morning to talk about hopefully a Panthers victory. Yes. Until then, everybody, keep pounding. Wow, <laughs> wow,